Shalom everyone and welcome to Daf HaShavua, Yevamos Daf Yotas. The Gemara in Yevamos on Daf Yotas has a very interesting case of three brothers. Two of the brothers are married to two sisters. And unfortunately, two of these brothers pass away. So now we have two sisters who are following Yibum to the third single brother. The Tanakhama says, that both of these women, the, the third brother, should do chalitza to them and not yibum. And Rabbi Shimon says that these women are going to be putter from both chalitza and yibum. And the Gemara in this context is trying to disprove a concept that Rabbi Shimon holds called zika kichnusa. So the Gemara wants to say it must be he doesn't hold of this concept of zika kichnusa. What is Zika Kichnusa? Zika is the connection that is created once a woman falls Yibam to a man. And Zika Kichnusa tells us that when this Zika, this connection is created, we consider it as if they are married, as if they are Kichnusa, as if they are married to each other. And that would disprove Rav Shimon holding this concept. Why would it disprove it? Because if... Both of these brothers passed away. So what happens? The first brother passes away, and then this first sister now has a zika to that third single brother. So if they really have that zika, and it, it is kichnusa, it's as if, um, as if they did even when there's a chiv yibum in place. So shouldn't at least the first sister now be chayav and yibum because of this zika, and the second. And then when the second brother passes away, and that second sister now falls even to to, the, to brother number three, so shouldn't that then create a a, a patur, and that second sister should be exempt from yibum from yibum and chalitza, but at least the first sister should have a chiyav of yibum. So how does Rabbi Shimon hold zika kechnusa if he holds over here that both of them are patur? At least one of them should be patur because once the first brother passes away, there's at least a chiyav there even before the second sister comes into the picture and also has a chi of Yibam in place. So the Gemara says, we could resolve Rav Shimon, he could still hold Zika Kichnusa. And in this case over here, of these three brothers, and two of them are married to two sisters, it must be that these two brothers that are married to the two sisters pass away at the same exact time. And if they're passing away at the same exact time, then both of these sisters are following Yibam at the same time too. And if that's true that they're falling falling even to that third brother at the same time, so then that is going to create a patur. Because again, when two sisters fall even at the same time, since they're related to each other and they would not be able to be co-wives, tsaros to each other, so that is going to create a patur from Yibam and Chalitza. So there is no case of the first brother passing away and then that woman falling Yibam and then creating a Zika Kichnusa, because the Zika never takes Ne- never takes place. It never gets off the ground. Because since both sisters are, are following Yibam at the same time, there's going to be a patur before the Zika even happens. So that is the opinion for Shimon. The Gemara says it must be your Shimon has to hold of the concept of Efshir Litzamsim. That when it comes to Halacha, we're able to say that something happens exactly at the same time. I would like to talk about this concept of Efshir Litzamsim um, in in uh, this, in this shir, this concept of eshelat samsim, which we were saying Rabbi Shimon was hold up, that something could happen at the same time, is a machlokus and mechoros on daf yud zayin and aleph. 
where Rebiosi says Rebiosi says that yes, we could say that things could happen at the same exact time, but the Chachamim say no, we cannot do mitzamsim. What is the concept that they're arguing about in, in the Gemara Mechuros? It's when a when an animal gives birth to two babies at the same time, and it's hard to determine which one is the Bechor. So Rabbi says, listen, we could say that these things happen at the same exact time, and we could say that both of these animals could be Bechoros. And the we can't say they happen at the same exact time. You have to prove which one came out first and determine which one is going to be considered, considered the Bechor. So what are they arguing about? Are they arguing a Metzios in reality about whether we could say something happened simultaneously or not? So it must be that Rabbi when he says and when the Chacham say yes, they both agree that things could happen at the same time in our eyes. But in the eyes of Hashem, obviously, it's in terms of milliseconds, it's impossible for things to happen at the same time. So the question really is, Rabbi says we go by the way that we determine things, the way that we as people um, see things in the world. But Chacham say, no, we can't go by the way, the way we think. We have to think about in the reality, in the, you know, in the realms of Allah. We have to go by the ways that time actually works in terms of the way Akash Baruch thinks of time. And it's impossible for something to actually happen at the same exact time. This is a very um, thought-provoking concept, the concept of Efshelet Samsim. It seems that Rabbi Aglili, and again, Rabbi Shimon Aragamara, are holding of this concept of Efshelet Samsim, which really means something, something deeper. It means that the fact that, we, that we're saying really means that Hashem gave us the Torah. You know, the Torah was given to Bnei Adam, to people, and not to Malachi Asharis. Right? There's, there's a concept of loan in the Torah, the Malachi Asharis. And, and this could have applications if we're saying that there's a concept of, that um, we could determine things down to the last detail that happened at the same time. This really could have applications um, for other topics in Halacha. Um, for example, when a person eats matzah on the Seder night, and he has to have a kezayas. So we, we could also say, it's impossible to really determine that you're not having a kezayas. Or we could say, no, if means I, right now, could say to myself that I think this is a kezayas based on the shear. This is what it says in my Haggadah right now, right? This is what it says that I have to do. So this is what I'm doing. I'm doing the best I can based on the way that we determine what a kezayas is. If, you know, when it comes to all these mitzvahs that have a shear to them, do we also say that we can't determine exactly um, the shear um, in halacha? So there's a minchas chinuch in Parashas Kisisa, mitzvah koftes, and he says as follows, Ach be'emes, in truth, kevan de lo nitna Torah l'malachi asharis, imkein kol makum shetzivsa Torah l'asos b'midav mishkel. Since the Torah was not given to the angels, and it was given to us. So anytime the Torah tells us to do something with a certain measurement, you have to say that it's all really according to people, according to the way he thinks of things. He says that it must be when it comes to mitzvahs. For example, um, you know, in, in, in the next few weeks, we're going to be able to take a lulav and an esrog. And you know, you know, do we say that you know the, the shear, the rule of the master, and all of the different measurements that are required? You know, it's very hard to determine exactly 
what's considered the right measurement or not. So, based on this minchas chinuch, we have to say that we have to determine what we think is the right share. In the case of matzah, it's about what is the kazayas. In the case of lulav, it's how many tzvachim, certain parts of the lulav have to be, you know, and uh, things like that. You know, when, when you're checking the esrog, yes, there could be something wrong if you really look with, you know, very, cl- you know, you know, really closely and. But no, by the end of the day, we have to basically look the best way we can, and we have to determine things based on the way that we view things in the best way. That is the first application I wanted to bring of this concept of Eshelotanti, the concept that the Torah was not given to the Malach Yasharis, it was given to us. Based on Rabbi Yosef it was given for us to determine whether we think something is the sheer, the measurement that we think it's supposed to be, or not. I think this also could apply to the machlokas about checking um, bugs in food, in vegetables, and fruit. In in reality, if we were to look at certain vegetables or certain fruit or even even water um, with a microscope, we would find these tiny tiny bugs in our, our fruits and our vegetables. It's very interesting. It's at Aruch Hashulchan, um, one of the main poskim that we use in terms of bringing down halacha. So he brings down, very interestingly, he says as follows, Shemati mi pi echad. I heard from someone, Shehaya b'merchakim v'ra derech sechuchas hamigadela as he used a magnifying glass on ma'od, kiriv vos palmim b'mayim kol hamine bruim. He took a magnifying glass and he saw an incredible amount of tiny, tiny microscopic bugs in water. And then he's wondering, so how is it that we, that we could drink this water if there are so many microscopic creatures? I, I hope people are still going to drink water after this year. Um, or still, in a, you know, it could be that you know, the filtering process has gotten better. I'm able to filter out these things. But he says that there, there are microscopic bugs in, the, in water. There are, there are microscopic bugs in certain fruits and vegetables. If you really look with a microscope, if you look with a tele, you know, if you look with a magnifying glass. And then he answers as follows. He says that now, We have to say that the Torah is not going to make something awesome unless we could see it. He applies the same concept which we use to explain Eshel Thompson That the Torah was not given to the Malachim, it was given to us. If you think about it, he says, you walk around the street in the avir in the air. Who molly broom document a document? There are microscopic creatures in the air. Every time I breathe, I'm breathing in bugs, and I should be over an history says according to that. So it must be that we have to live our lives based on what we see. If we don't see bugs floating in the air that we're breathing in and 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 inhaling, then that that really shouldn't be an issue. So this Arachashokan, you know, is applied. We're not going to discuss it too much, but this is applied in terms of, you know, when you, when you have to wash um, certain vegetables that, again, you must wash the vegetables according to the guidelines, but we don't have to sit there with the microscope and, and you know, and a magnifying glass and try to find the smallest bugs that are not visible to the naked eye. So that is the opinion of Arachashokan. So that is the second concept I wanted to apply, this concept of Eshel Atzamsim, do we say... That, we, that, that things are determined based on the way that humans see it. The third concept is not as directly related, but I could not resist to share this uh, teshuva of the Radvaz. In Chela Gimel, Elef Sabaches, which is 1068. 
This is just a general concept I wanted just to apply here. It's not necessarily a halachi concept, but it is more of a concept of machshava, which, you know, it really happens to be a, a teshuva, um, someone that wrote a question to the Radvaz. But I think it's a beautiful application of this concept of why did Hashem give the Torah to us and not to the Malachim? So the question that came to the Radvaz is a very interesting one. Someone asked the Radvaz, he was curious, he said, I don't understand, if Moshe got the Torah at our Sinai with every single Nikuda and every single part of the Torah, then why doesn't the Torah have Nikudos inside of it that, that, that we lean from? Meaning, why when we lean from it, does the Balkori have to practice so much and make sure he gets every single Nikuda straight and make sure he knows the leaning backwards and forwards? Why is that necessary? Just the Torah was given to Moshe with Nikudos, so that should be written in the Torah. So the Red Vaz explains as follows, and I think it's, the, it's really a beautiful answer, and it's really essential to understanding why we got the Torah and why the Malachim didn't get the Torah, why the Torah is in this world. He explains based on a medrash. The, there's a medrash which some, some, uh, some know, and it's a very, very interesting medrash. It's a conversation between the Malachim and Moshe Rabbeinu, where the, the Malachim, when Moshe Rabbeinu is getting the Torah, they claim... Why are you giving the Torah to the to to, to people? Keep it in Shemaim with you know with Malachim, people that don't sin. Why are you giving it to the human people to, to the to human species that are going to sin with the Torah? So Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Malachim, he says, "Listen, look at the Torah. There are a lot of things in the Torah that don't apply to you. Keep it on the aim, for example. You have no you have no parents as angels. So how could you keep that lachal kid of aim?" You have no taiva to kill. You have no taiva for you have, you have no taiva for adultery. So why should you get the Torah if the halachos in the Torah don't even apply to you? This is the claim that Moshe used to prove that the you know, that that the Jewish people should get the Torah instead of keeping the Torah in Shemayim. But Vaz asks a very interesting question. He says, "What were the malachim thinking? Didn't they know that all the halachos didn't apply to them?" So why would they ever try to make a claim to Hashem that, that the Jewish people should not get the Torah? The Advaz explains as follows. It's such a beautiful answer. He explains that the Malachim have a different type of Torah that we, that, than we have. The Malachim's Torah is a purely spiritual Torah made up of the names of Hashem. However, the Torah that we got is the Torah that we know that we read within the Nekudos. We read every single Shabbos. We're able to learn when we do Shnai Mekavech Targum and we're able to expound upon the Pesukim and the Gemara. These, that is the difference between the Torah that we got and the purely spiritual Torah that the Malachim have above. And that's why, from their perspective, they didn't have a concept of Hebrew of Aim and Losir Tzach and Losinaf and all the mitzvahs in the Torah because their Torah is made up of of Shemos Hashem. It's very interesting. The Ramban, in his introduction, explains that 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 the whole entire Torah, if you were to mix up the letters in different ways and put in different breaks, really you could see the whole entire Torah is different Shemos of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, different names of Hashem, really put together. And that is the application that is made to uh, of that is that's why if there's one letter that is missing in a Torah, it's puzzle. Not just because we can't read the pasuk properly, because there's something lacking in the connection. The names of Hashem that is really connected. Again, us people, again, you have to be a really incredible Kabbalist and understand the shameless of Hashem and really put together, and people have to understand this Ramban and understand what that means that 
that really the Torah is made up of names of Hashem. But that comes back to answer the question that this person presented to the Radvaz. Because this person asked, why, why, why doesn't the Torah have Nekudos? So the answer is because the, the words that we have in our Torah scroll is not just what, the way we read it, but after all, there's really a depth to the Torah that we don't even understand, which is really we're reading the shameless of Hashem, we're reading the names of Hashem. But at the end of the day, the Torah was given to us. Hashem would rather, yes, it is the names of Hashem put together. But at the end of the day, Hashem would rather the Torah be applied in this world and be used to, to, to be done, for, for mitzvahs to be done in this world and for us to apply it in this physical world and bring the physical world up in terms of its holiness, in terms of its kedusha. Just to summarize the three different things that we learned from this concept of Eshel Tzamsim, we had a machlokas um, in the Gemara about these three brothers, and two of them were married to sisters, and we said that they passed away at the same exact time. That's Rav Shimon's concept of Eshel Tzamsim. So we see this concept of Eshel Tzamsim doesn't always apply um, in, terms of, in terms of certain shirim. The Minchas Chinach told us in Mitzvah Kuftes, that when the Torah gives us a gives us an exact shear, we have to say that it's really up to us, up to, up to us to determine um, whether whether we think we are fulfilling the measurement that the Torah gave us or not. And we can't say that we have to think about the way it is really exact in terms of the way Hashem views measurements. Number two is the Arach Hashulchan. This concept, the fact that the Torah was given to us, it was given for us to determine the way things are supposed to be, that we don't look into a microscope and think about whether there's tiny, tiny bugs in the air or in the water. And then we have the Radvaz just explaining this concept in general, which is related in, you know, it's a little, a little more tangentially related, but it really explains this concept of why we could do things in this world because the Torah Hashem was, gave us Torah in this world. Yes, the Torah is really made up of the names of Hashem, um, if you were to break it up differently, but the Torah was given to this world. The Torah was given to us. The Torah was given to us to apply it to our lives and to make us more spiritual beings.